0: We have three very interesting questions today. Why do I always feel sick in the mornings before I begin work? The sickness makes me feel more anxious than the work does. Our second question How can I let go of petty issues and drama? I seem to hold on to things and still get angry about them when I think about them months, even years later. And our last one At what point does self confidence become narcissistic? I'm Anne-Marie, the Soulful Therapist. There are natural, gentle ways to heal, discover yourself, and find meaning in the world. Let me introduce you to them. I'm a psychotherapist, past life therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, master knitter, Reiki master, teacher, author, and seer. I specialize in trauma, helping young people, and spiritual development. Shall we begin? Hi, folks. I had a request just recently and uh, someone said to me, wow, I really, really love that question and answer show you did. Can you please do it again? Yes, I can. And we're going to do that today. If you think of a question while we're going through the episode today, please go to my website, annemariemcglasson.com, or you can go to my email, ann at annemariemcglasson.com or check us out on Instagram. So we were collecting questions through Instagram and also through the email account. So if you think of a question, we'll do this again. Our first question. Why do I always feel sick in the mornings before I begin work? The sickness makes me feel more anxious than the work does. If you're feeling sick in the morning, there can be a number of reasons why this is the case. And when people come to me in the clinic, uh, sometimes they know they've got uh, an issue with anxiety or they've got perhaps a conflict at work. And when I have that background, I can give people a little bit more specific advice about good ways to go forward. But let's just have a bit of a look at what the landscape could possibly look like. So as human beings, we have bodies, we have feelings and we have thoughts. So when we have something that is making us uncomfortable, it's really important that we look at each of these different aspects and ask ourselves, where's it coming from? What is the causal level? So if you're feeling sick in the morning, physically, there are a number of things that could be happening there. You could be pregnant. Not if you're a boy, but you could be pregnant, (laughs) Okay, You could be depleted in some of the vitamin B minerals. I am not a naturopath, but certainly this has actually happened to me. And of course, there are other illnesses that could be making you feel sick in the morning. The best thing you can do is to actually take that out of the equation. So if you're feeling sick regularly in the morning, I recommend you go to GP. Uh, Go to a naturopath, if that's your preferred option, uh, and get people to do the tests, uh, especially the the blood tests, that will tell you exactly what your levels are, okay? And then we'll know, are you depleted in vitamins and minerals, okay? So sometimes with our genetics, we've inherited a certain physical uh, type Uh, which means that for some people, they don't uptake vitamin B minerals very well in their diet. And so it might be a good idea for them to have a supplement. So that's physical. There may be physical reasons why someone's feeling sick in the mornings. It could be about uh, the work. What is actually happening at work? My dad was a complete classic. He was uh, an intelligent man. He was a beautiful man and he very much cared about harmony in relationships. And so work sometimes means that you know we are in conflict with other people, we do have different ideas and impressions and sometimes the systems that we have to work within um, are not ideally set up for people to be harmonious. And so occasionally he would be in a conflict situation with someone else, or sometimes a boss would come up with an idea that, he didn't uh, think was appropriate. And he would get up in the morning and the stress of it meant that he'd be so nervous that he would feel sick while brushing his teeth. So this can happen where the mental emotional stress of something in the workplace is actually coming uh, into your home situation. So you're feeling sick in the morning. Now, if you can't identify uh, something that's weighing on your mind that's concerning you that you're coming back to that you're ruminating about then it's less likely to be a mental emotional issue now there's another thing that I'd like to touch upon as well and this is developmental so we have as we go through life we experience stages of life and so sometimes what can happen is that You may have lived through a certain event and this is very typical of children who've had trauma in their uh, growing up and it seems like they sail through you know difficult circumstances semi-well and then usually for... Children who have been abused, it's 18 and 21, somewhere in and around there, their adult thinking clicks in. And of course, what can happen is that can actually trigger uh, what we would call a healing crisis. And sometimes it's somatic, which means it's the body. The body is telling us now it's time to deal with whatever it actually is so that's something I look for as well and 27 I find very very interesting at that particular age uh, many many uh, young women particularly come into that full sense of you know I'm strong and powerful and capable uh, and they can find that sometimes these sorts of things happen at that particular age so feeling sick in the morning it could be physical It could be related to something at work, so it could be mental and emotional, or it could be developmental where your inner wisdom has decided this is the time to deal with something. How do I get your attention? Let's make you physically uncomfortable. Very, very cool question. I've got another one here uh, which sort of relates to what we were just saying about rumination. So here's our question. How can I let go of petty issues and drama? I seem to hold on to things and still get angry about them when I think about them months and even years later. Very, very cool question. Now, sometimes what will happen is that, again, our inner wisdom is always trying to send us signals about this is a healthy way forward. And sometimes if we're really ruminating about things, if we find that, gee, I just can't let go of that, that's our inner wisdom saying, hey, you know you have this frozen part of yourself we need to warm it up we need to heal it we need to transform it um, so that you have greater levels of freedom now the way I do things uh, which is a psychotherapeutic framework I work in a very Jungian way and what that means is that I like being able to integrate things so I would say to you what is it what what are the specifics of the things? That you're dealing with what is the petty issue what is the drama and for me if it's really bothering you and coming back again and again and again it's not petty there is something deeply rich that you're needing to connect with here and how do you get in contact with that you could always come see me or you can sit quietly under a tree or somewhere else where you can have some quiet moments to yourself and just ask yourself very quietly What am I learning? And this is key. Because I've had many of those moments this year, this has been a very interesting year for me, and it's finding that time to say, what am I learning? Now, your personality is going to say, I'm bloody learning nothing. You know, this is terrible. These people are badly behaved. You know, things should be better. The system sucks. Like your personality is going to want to moan and groan and and blame um, others. Let yourself have those moments. Let yourself (laughs) have your little mental meltdown if you need to. And at the end of it, of course, the soulful thinking is, and what am I learning from this? Now, if things have come back to you again and again and again, even if they seem petty, there is something very important to learn. Every time it comes around the block. Now, sometimes when issues are represented to you and you learn, then each time you come back to it, it's almost like, oh, I've healed a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. OK, now there is a beautiful, beautiful story um, that I love. And this is a, a, an Aboriginal story. And they say, how do pelicans take off from a waterhole? Pelicans never just fly straight up into the air. They will always circle and they will circle around, always a little bit higher, a little bit higher, circling around and around and around the waterfall before finally it's time now and they can go forward on their journey forward. And this is a beautiful, beautiful way of thinking about our transformation and our healing Because oftentimes that's what we do. Are we ruminating? Are we staying stuck in the same place? Are we up to our knees in an emotional bog that never goes away? Now, if that's the case, you might want to think about a little bit of help for that one. But if you are circling and what you're doing, and it doesn't matter whether it's surfing or standing on your head or yoga or whatever, if what you're doing is working and you're getting ever increasing levels of understanding, then at some point you will actually fly forward and Uh, fly into a a, a new trajectory. So that's one of the things. Pay attention to these petty issues, pay attention to the drama. Ask yourself what there is to learn. And there's a lot to learn when you start to really get to know yourself. Not only is it freeing, but it's really pretty wonderful. Um, And it also creates the opportunity for you knowing yourself to have new relationships and connect with some beautiful like-minded people. Question number three, and I love this one. At what point does self-confidence become narcissistic? I love this question so much, you have no idea. I have been watching uh, social media. I have been watching the explosion of information that's available to all of us. And on the whole, I think it's a wonderful thing but sometimes a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing as well and I think this is what this particular question is pointing to so I'm not sure who asked this question uh, again people can ask their questions quite anonymously and so I'm not sure who asked this question but it's a real perler there is a difference between normal psychology and abnormal psychology And what I've noticed at the moment with the fact that there's so much information available to so many of us and we can Google up anything we like is that sometimes what's happening is that people are taking on a word and a definition and some behaviours and incorrectly categorising either themselves or other people. And this is one of those beautiful lessons in discernment. Discernment is about deciding and working out what is true and what is not. The fabulous thing about this particular question is it lets me help you be a little more discerning. Self-confidence is a part of normal psychology. Self-confidence is about that wholeness of self. Sometimes especially if, we, if we're working with uh, an extrovert, that self-confidence can be that person that walks into the room who's just all charm, all charisma, all words, and they really fill the room. And I think that's a common uh, understanding of what self-confidence is. But as one of my uh, kids reminded me the other day, bless her, self-confidence for an introvert can be quite different. And so an introvert's expression of self-confidence is that strength within, that beautiful harmony with self. It's not a projecting out thing. It's very much a balance and a strength and a harmony within. And neither one of these expressions is right or wrong when we have empathy and kindness and respect for the people around us. It's just different. It just is. Okay, so there are two different ways of actually looking at and understanding self confidence. Now the question points to a suggestion that perhaps we've got a continuum. So at one end of the continuum we have self confidence, and then if you go too far down that path, at the other end of the continuum is uh, narcissism. Now I'm not sure that that's a really good way to actually describe this particular issue. Perhaps it is, but. If it is the case, then there are a number of key things that have to happen along that path before we actually get to um, narcissism. Now, before I go into discussing this a little bit more, I need to say I am not uh, a psychiatrist. I am not uh, a clinical psychologist. So of course, if you've got more questions about this, then please seek it out from the right sorts of people. We need to really have faith in and listen to and ask questions of our experts. Abnormal psychology is when people have crossed the line into the psychology which is not functional, It's not regular, it's not average, and it's actually not normal. Okay, so that's the bit I'm not an expert in. Um, My understanding and my grounding is very much in normal psychology. But there is a gray area. There is a gray area. Sometimes people can become so unwell, of course, that they tip into that abnormal psychology and then they're going to need lots of help uh, and support in order to be able to come back uh, to the normal psychology. Some people are born uh, with certain uh, ways of thinking and being and physiologically uh, they work in certain ways. And so for some people, you know, not being that average neurotypical person, that's, that's the situation for them. They're born a certain way. Let's just have a little bit of a look at narcissism. I know this has been an incredibly popular topic on social media. It has concerned me greatly. There seems to be a lot of people pointing fingers at everybody else saying, you're a narcissist, you're a narcissist. Um, I think that social media is not a great place to have uh, conversations about who we are at times, because it's easy to misunderstand. But let's have a bit of a look. So A narcissistic personality disorder and it's one of several types of personality disorders it's a mental condition okay Um, and people have an inflated sense of their own importance they have a deep need for excessive attention and admiration they'll often have very troubled relationships and they lack empathy for others so while these people look like they're very confident underneath it lies fragile self-esteem fragile self-esteem, and they're very vulnerable to criticism. Once again, now, this is abnormal psychology. A normal trait, a normal um, psychological quality is arrogance. So arrogance, sometimes when we see people are arrogant, we can go, wow, they're narcissistic. No, they may not be. When we have someone with abnormal psychology, it means that these traits are taken to extreme. It interferes with normal functioning. Um, and they do need some help. okay? But oftentimes we find very similarly when we have people who are arrogant, we look at them carefully because quite often, scratch the surface, what you'll find underneath is a lack of self-worth. These are people who don't believe in themselves and so they actually project that I'm fantastic. The lack of empathy, again, this is something that I think, as a society, we're really struggling with at the moment, and we have certain things which are feeding into uh, the lack of empathy in general. I've been really watching the rise of gaming, and uh, you know, the first-person shooter games, and we have some very interesting research that suggests that to be good at this sort of gaming. Uh, you actually have to turn off the parts of the brain that have empathy. And, of course, we know that the military, they use these sorts of simulation games to actually train military experts, uh, and it's necessary. Obviously, these people are needed to do this work. But now, of course, it's come into the mainstream. Um, Empathy is something that takes years and years and years to learn. It's a very complicated thing. Children generally learn it. Uh, during the course of their growing up, it takes a long time, and we need to meet that lesson of kindness and empathy and patience in many settings and in many areas of our life in order to get good at it. And if we are at the same time doing, particularly, the first person shooter games, of course, we keep shutting down that part of the brain. So, I know some gamers who are beautiful human beings and uh, they're kind, empathetic, they're great family members um, and you you want them in your circle of friends. But I think this is something we need to be careful about as well with the the empathy. So how do we know that somebody is a narcissist? How do we know that perhaps not, they've not had too much gaming, they've not had enough practice with empathy, um, or maybe they actually have a disability? The problem that we have with deciding that everybody's narcissistic is that some of these people may have a disability that's not obvious, that's not diagnosed. Um, Autism particularly, people have big feelings, but they may may not necessarily identify with the impact that they have on other people. So very complicated. Let's have a quick look though at some of the symptoms um, of narcissism. So I'm gonna give you a bit of a list here. what happens with this and this is this is what i used to teach my youth work students is that if somebody has one thing on this list forget it that's just <laughs> random okay you can't build a case for you're a narcissist based on one thing on a list <laughs> okay if you have a cluster of behaviors perhaps you've got a better argument for it but really when we're talking about abnormal psychology not only do you have to have a cluster of behaviours, then it goes into the fact that these behaviours are completely impacting on any sort of normal day-to-day functioning. Then you might have a situation where you might want to say to somebody, hey, can we, can we help? You know, can, can we find some help? Uh, what can we do for you? Let's look at those symptoms. So we've already said an exaggerated sense of importance They have a sense of entitlement and they require constant excessive admiration. They expect to be recognised as superior even without the achievements to warrant it. They exaggerate quite often their achievements and their talents and they're sometimes preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty or the perfect mate. I'm sure you can hear already how this is setting somebody up for a failed relationship if these are the sorts of things that they're they're believing and feeling and experiencing. They believe they're superior and can only associate with equally special people. They will often monopolise conversations and belittle or look down on people they perceive as inferior. They expect special favours and unquestioning compliance with their expectations. So they can get a horrible shock if, for example, you say to them, I'm I'm sorry, um, I'm not going along with that. They can take advantage of others to get what they want. So sometimes these people are quite predatory. Uh, They have an ability or unwillingness to recognise the needs and the feelings of others. So, you know, generally a relationship takes two and it's works and it's satisfactory when both people's needs are met. And so this is their blind spot. They're quite often envious of others and believe that others envy them. They may behave in an arrogant or haughty manner and come across as conceited, boastful and pretentious. And they insist on having the best of everything, for example, the best car, the best office. And of course, what you will often find is that the idea of paradox is the more they push for that, sometimes the less they will actually get it. So they are not very good at handling anything they perceive as criticism. You may be giving feedback. You may be explaining you know, your position or your opinion, um, and they will perceive that as criticism. And what you'll get in response is impatience, anger, they will feel slighted. Um, you may find that this person will react with rage or contempt or belittle people. And this is actually a way to shore themselves up, to make themselves feel superior. Oftentimes they have difficulty regulating their emotions and behaviour. They don't handle stress well and they do not adapt to change very well at all. Um, They can be depressed and moody. And secretly on the inside there we have feelings of insecurity, shame, vulnerability and humiliation. Now, I've given you a whole big list and uh, some of you are already ticking off some of the people that you know. Um, I would really encourage you uh, sort of not to do that. Um, if you want to find out a little bit more about you know, personality disorders, the best thing you can do is actually look up the DSM-5 and that information is readily available uh, all over the internet. Um, the DSM-5 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual it's the Bible for any sort of uh, mental health disorders, describing them, the symptoms, but also used as the diagnostic criteria for practitioners. So don't diagnose people. Oftentimes, uh, if you were having problems in your, in relationships or friendships beforehand, you try and do this, you're definitely gonna have problems. Again, if you think someone's having uh, some issues, ask them, you know, can I, can I help you? It's a good idea to point out to people what is actually not working. Say, so, "Hey, this is not working for me," and then see what sort of a response you get back from people. You can only really do what you can do, and if you think it's you that's getting things wrong, uh, be brave. There's so many organisations that can help at the moment. You can reach out to organisations um, like Beyond Blue. Um, whole we will have a list of different organisations that you can reach out to uh, in the show notes. Be brave, be honest, admit to yourself when things actually aren't working and look for the right help. And just remember, if you think perhaps you're narcissistic but you're really autistic uh, and you end up talking to the wrong person and it's not working, keep searching. The hardest part of any journey in going forward is actually finding the appropriate diagnosis and the right sort of help. Uh, Once you've got that sorted out, obviously the journey forward is relatively easy. So today we've been talking a lot about mental health and healing and transformation. Um, We've covered normal psychology, which sometimes we call neurotypical uh, if we look at the physiology of it and abnormal psychology. So I've got two questions and I'd like a couple more. So jump onto the website uh, and send me your questions through email. Check out Instagram because you can submit your questions there if you'd like as well, and they're all anonymous, as you can hear. Thank you for your time today, and we will talk soon. You can always support the show if you'd like at Patreon. This is how it all comes together. So if you've got questions, uh, you can always contact me directly. I'm now doing video chats so we can spend that time together if you'd like. The website is McGlassen com if you do google the soulful therapist if you scroll a little bit you will find that website just in case you can't spell my name so thanks very much for your time today stay subscribed and we'll talk soon see you next time